All aboard the cannoli mobile. VIP listeners, you are now on the mark, and we got a great episode lined up for you today. The back-to-back Jack series, getting you guys ready for opening day. We got 97.5 The Fanatic talk show host Anthony Gargano on the show. Anthony's worked for the Inquirer, the New York Post, worked out in Chicago, WIP, was a part of writing two books, a screenplay. Benny, there's not too many guys in Philly more synonymous with sports than the great Anthony Gargano. Absolutely, Mark. You got I'm excited. Anthony is probably the best sports guy, in my opinion, in the area. At least the one I like the most. I don't know about you, but I love him the best, I got to say. And you know, Benny, I agree. And here's the thing. I don't even look at him quite as a Philly sports guy. The guy knows national sports. But more than that, he likes talking movies. He likes talking food. He likes talking traveling. Things to do around the city. The guy's much more than sports, so we're certainly going to tap into all that while we have him uh, on the show. Folks, it's going to be a great conversation. I promise you that much. So when we get back, gang, Anthony Gargano on the mark. Mark VIP listeners, we have a very special guy in house with us. 97.5 The Fanatic Morning Show host Anthony Gargano. Ant, thanks for joining us, man. I love it. Look at this setup, man. It's diamond. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, you guys do it the right way. You're making us feel good over no, here. You guys, it's it's way better. Your setup is way better than the studio. First of all, I, I gotta look over Mifflin Street, which I love Mifflin Street, sure. right? So it's great. I mean, we got your TV, your flat, your, your flat screen. It's beautiful. <laughs> they call that South Philly Times Square out yeah. there. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Now, Ant, let's let's. There's a lot going on in Philly uh, right now in the sports world. We know that. The Sixers. Let's start with them. Impressive. The process has hit warp speed. Now, here's a thing that I proposed, and a lot of people perceived it as silly. I was serious to an extent. It's not the most rational thing, and it's not reasonable from any standpoint, frankly. Let's say, though, Brett Brown had to suddenly retire or vacate the position in Urban Meyer-type fashion. Wouldn't Rick Pitino be a great fit for that position? All right. If you're going to go that route, that Brett, because I'm a big Brett Brown fan, so I'll preface this by saying... I'm a huge Brett Brown fan. If Brett suddenly says, I'm out, you know, guys, listen, I, I need to take a break and, and be together 
with my <laughs> family and, uh, and up in Maine. And he goes from Maine to Australia. So if he did that, I would not go Rick Pitino. Okay. I would a, go with another guy. Do you though. have another funky I, name? I do. Go ahead. And the guy I would go after is like a Rick Pitino. Okay. Only you'd love him even more. Jay Wright. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Yes. We had Big Daddy Graham on the show not too long ago. He, the same he thing? loves Jay Wright. Yeah, I mean, like, and we both kind of were laughing about it then. And by the way, so the president of the Sixers is a guy named Chris Heck, mm-hmm. who's a wonderful guy. The CEO of Harris Blitzer is Scott O'Neill. Mm-hmm. They both went to Villanova. Oh, there's that tie there. Yeah. I just see Jay Wright as a lifelong Nova guy now. You know what? I do too. Um, but... It wouldn't surprise me if sometime he got the itch to, to coach in the NBA. O- only in that, like, cr- professionally, what is there to to achieve, right? Like, so you've built Villanova. So you're not going to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I remember when Jay was being courted, and he was being courted heavily. And I remember talking to him about it. He's like, listen, he goes, I had the best of, it, best of both worlds here. I- I'm a championship contender. And... You know, I get paid handsomely, and I, and I'm really largely under the radar. But like, if you're in Kentucky, mm-hmm. you're Spotlight. you're under the microscope mm-hmm. all the time. Oh yeah, right. That's it. And there's something about that that you go, oh man, I like it better up here. Yeah. But with Jay, I could see him being NBA. Oh, you yeah. know, traveling. But the money, it's hard to Going turn that from down. Like a celebrity to a super celebrity. Correct. See, the thing with I was seeing with Patino, I was thinking LeBron comes over, and it's almost like that Pat Riley, LeBron thing. I know Pat wasn't the coach, but, you know, it just that similar relationship. I get why you would, listen, I get why you would like Patino. Listen, Rick Patino was a, was a terrific, terrific coach. Now, you, you know what happened? You remember the story? Did I ever tell you the story? The TGIF Friday story? Did you hear that one? No. Where he was apparently banging the girl in the back room on the table. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's outrageous. But God, I, what, no, 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 what's no. your story? No, my, my, a lot less salacious. Mm-hmm. But remember when he was coaching before? You remember, you know, when, when he was in Boston? And there was something about him in the NBA that I really kind of don't think. Yeah, and the same thing with Calipari. Remember when Calipari coached the Nets? Sure, yeah. So what, there's a game. And Jason Williams, remember that? Remember Jason Williams, mm-hmm. who was who was actually convicted of murdering, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was a chauffeur or somebody in his house. Yep. It's like a crazy story. Anyway, uh, their Nets were playing the Bulls. I was actually covering the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Nets were playing the Bulls, and Cal's like yelling, like you, like you would do yeah. a college game. Were right? you with the New York Post at this point? No, I was in Chicago. Uh, okay, national Bulls type stuff. A uh, Bull stuff. Okay, yeah. and. He's yelling at Jason Williams. So Michael's staring at him. Then he goes to Jason Williams. You take this shit off of this guy? <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> See, I like that. Like, and <laughs> it's just funny. Like, yeah. And listen, NBA, like, back then it was different. It was your men. Yeah, it was right? a tougher like, league. Tougher, more months. physical league. Yes. There were scraps there were, every there night, were older every other too. night. Yeah, that's right. More veterans. Yeah, yeah. they were old. There was more of an older league. It's a little younger league. Ah, listen, I, could Patino work? Yeah, he would, could work anywhere. Right. He's a, he's a good coach. He could work anywhere. But, but what about Brett Brown, though? Let's talk no, about no, it for a second. I like Brett a lot. I like I, As soon as we walked in today, I said, You did. Know, Brett's done a great job. Yeah. You know, I'm a Brett Brown. I just think Patino is a funny Sixers coach. I don't know. I just like the. 
scenario, the make-believe scenario in my right, mind. Right, yeah. no, we, you know, that's, that's what fun sports is. Things. Yeah. That's what sports is. Sports is fun like that. Like, so we could talk about LeBron, right? So the whole idea that LeBron comes here, now, obviously, it's no-brainer. Like, if LeBron wants to come here, he comes here and plays. Mm-hmm. There's your wing. Are you for that? Yeah, I mean, I think you'd be foolish yeah. to say no to LeBron. Like, why right. wouldn't you? Now, here's one thing I wouldn't do. I wouldn't trade anything for him. Yeah. But if he wants to play as a free agent, hey, come on in. Mm-hmm. You Agreed. Know. Come Agreed. on in. Show Ben how to win a title and, and pad your stats and, you know. He would, the idea of him not being a fit is ludicrous. He's a fit anywhere. Right. When you're the best player in the game, there's no, there's no such thing as not yeah. being a fit. But he will bring a, uh, a circus with him. Yep. You know, he's a, um, he's a figure that garners all that media attention, as yeah. we know. Yeah. What kind of effect does he have on these young, impressionable kids like Simmons and Fultz? And frankly, well, well, Simmons didn't have a relationship, right? So yeah, yeah. they're close. He but they're not together time. on a daily basis either. True. You know, True. so does that change anything? Um, but I think LeBron, if you're trying to be a success in the NBA, that's a pretty good model. I mean, he's to a gentleman. I mean, yeah. In every aspect, from, you know, they have their wine club. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great story, their wine yes. club. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I was like, wow, that's cool. Like, I, I'd love to be part of their wine club. Like, that would be, that's yeah, cool. For, that that's is cool. cool. Like, I respect that. Like, you know, what, what he's trying to do is, he, he became a refined man. Well, it's know? like Jordan like, with the cigars. Jordan's a big cigar guy. So this is LeBron's right. so well, he has wealth. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I've been a LeBron guy from day one. It's an exciting uh, thing. It's an exciting option. Benny over here uh, went as far as to say it's a foregone conclusion. Yes. You believe it. You, you really do? I think not only would it be foolish for people to say they don't want LeBron, I think it's foolish to say LeBron isn't coming here. Really? I think it's a foregone conclusion. <laughs> I think everything adds up and makes perfect sense for LeBron coming here. He doesn't want to go to the West. He wants to continue to get to finals and possibly win finals. He hates Dan Gilbert, so he wants to get the hell out of Cleveland. Where else in the East makes sense? Unless the Celtics are going to trade Kyrie back to Cleveland and LeBron goes there or somehow Pat Riley brings him back to Miami, I, I think Philly makes all the sense in the world. And I think the Jordan comparisons, if he comes to Philly, become laughable because I think he would evolve into more of an elite shooter and allow Ben Simmons to play the, quote, LeBron role. And then when LeBron's a top five, top ten in field goal percentage, now it's a joke that people say he can't shoot like Jordan. And I think he wins at least one ring in Philly. I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. And if he wants to play with his child, who's in middle school right now, it means he's not going to be in his last stop no matter where he goes because he has to follow his kid wherever the kid's going to get drafted right. in eight years or whatever. To which case, why not come to Philly for three, four years? Well, listen, you, you certainly you are going to win. To your point, you're right. He, he's going to win. Now, again, I was told that it, it, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. nobody knows. I, I, in fact, Windhorse, who is his – we talked about him before, about who is his personal reporter, is the guy who said – and I thought accurately that LeBron doesn't know where he's going next year. I agree with like that. He, like he's prone to wins, which I get. Like, you mm-hmm. know, things are fluid, right? Things change, so – you don't know what you're going to do. Um, I would agree that he's out of Cleveland. I think L.A. is L.A., and there's a natural draw to L.A. for what he wants to do, mm-hmm. for what he's about. 
But, you know, if it's all about titles and winning basketball, I mean, what's, why wouldn't you love to come here? And you're close enough to New York that you're, you know, you're, you're, still, uh, you're still in a major metropolitan city. No Our city's about an amazing city. Yes, so it it's is. not like it's Cleveland, all due respect. Right. So, yeah, I could see all that. The only thing I would, that, that you said I would disagree, he, is a, he became a really, really good long-range shooter. Mm-hmm. The game was different, right? So Michael was a mid-range shooter. Mm-hmm. He could shoot deep, but he was more of a mid-range shooter. Yeah. There, there was no one more dynamic of a shooter. Like, I, I covered the guy. I just remember. LeBron's game is, is completely different than Mike's. Mm-hmm. And LeBron's game is completely all around, right? Like, right. For sure. He's a better passer. His rebound is bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing. Mike was a really good, really good rebounder for a two guard but you have to make a qualification for a two guard where LeBron was a good rebounder period right um, so it's interesting your games and we always argue this stuff all the time it's it's kind of it's it's kind of comparing apples and oranges yeah it's fun. I mean they're Absolutely. not even the same generation they're not the same body but type the game changed the game changed it's always been a meaningless debate to me that we I see agree. Kind all of hollow. the time it's hollow it's yeah. useless yeah. and I can't believe you know what it is how it, much it's talked about. I, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a great, a great analogy. So you walk into the Louvre and you see two amazing masterpieces. Pick whatever you like, mm-hmm. right? And you can't really argue that one is better than the other. Right. Sure. It makes right? no sense, yep. really. Right? Like they're, and they're, <laughs> it's like, well, I like this. Okay, well, you, that's what you're partial to. Yeah. But you can't tell me that one is better than the other. It's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's the same thing with like you want to throw, you know, Wilt or anybody else, big man. Right. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Michael and LeBron, their games are completely different. Right. Some guys like sports cars. Some guys like pickup trucks. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, you know what I mean. Right. Once you once you're that elite. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, now again, if you you could compare, I think you could kind of compare Kobe and Michael mm-hmm. because a little closer in generation. Right. They, they played, played against right? each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, similar body. Yes. Same position. Yeah. You know. Now, we'll get out of the hypothetical here, and we'll get back to more than now. And in your opinion, from what you're seeing right now, could you see this, this is technically hypothetical, but could you see this Sixers team ending up in the finals this year? Wow. Yes. I'm sure I'm sure it's being yes. talked about on throughout your show and whatnot. I mean, the, yes. they're rolling right now. Yes. And um, Fultz brings a dynamic that they didn't have, and he looked very good in his return. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, I said this the other day. Now, you tell me if I'm wrong. What did we learn from the Eagles? Not to put a ceiling on a team. Right. Right? Like, don't put a ceiling. That our prejudices from the preseason, I'm guilty of it. Right? I'm completely mm-hmm. guilty. But before the season began, I thought, ah, you know, I could see them winning nine, ten games, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to see Wentz's development. But, you know, I didn't think they'd become the best team in the league. Forget what happened in Super Bowl and all that other stuff. Let's just take from the beginning of the season until the Rams game. Mm-hmm. And let's just say Carson's healthy at the end of the Rams game because Carson beats the Rams, right? So let's just take it from that stretch. So I, I didn't think the early part of that season, as good as they were, that they were a Super Bowl team, right. that they were the best team in the league. I was like, eh, like people started yelling Super Bowl. It was 
end of September. It was yeah. October, and I'm going. And they did the same thing the year before when they started three and zero. Yeah, and part of and part of sports is now I'm different. Like I'm kind of weird. I just like to enjoy. I love it, yes. right? So I enjoy young players. Yeah. So I love watching Wentz. I love watching the kid play quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I just enjoy. Like I'm good just watching him play quarterback every yeah. year. But what I did was I did let my pre like even stuff around them. Mm-hmm. The defense, I think the defense, it's after the secondary might be an issue. Sure. But secondary wasn't an issue. Sure. Secondary turned out to be really good, right? Like you, the young guys were able to play. Mm-hmm. You, you had a couple veterans, and, and look, they were able to play. So I think that's a great lesson about preseason prejudices. So going into this season, you go, well, how many games are six going to win? Well, you know, 44, maybe, you know, 42, 44. Now they're going to close to 50. Now you look at this team and how good they are, and you look at how it's made up. Is there a deeper team in, in all basketball? I haven't seen anything like it in the NBA in a, a very long time. Right? I mean, they could literally go 10 deep, mm-hmm. yeah. like 10 legit deep. Mm-hmm. So then you go, huh, all right, well, they're among the deepest. Two best players on the floor. Now, as young they are, and Ben Simmons – can be the two best players. I think throw Dario in there, mm-hmm. who is so who, underappreciated. Right, because what did he do? He developed that shot, right? Mm-hmm. Become the stretch four. And you sort of look at this team, you go, well, yeah, they got role players. Bellinelli, Ilyasova, yeah. Covington nice has, has got a stroke back. Mm-hmm. And you start to go, well, they, they can't beat Boston. I mean, Kyrie's going to come back, but in what shape is he going to be? Yeah. They can't beat Indiana. Look, I, I, LeBron's the only guy that you know could stand in their way because – He's so great that only he could probably will Cleveland. Yeah. But they're better than Cleveland. I think so. Like man for man, they're yeah, better they than are, Cleveland. Right. right. I guess you And then you got Toronto. This could be their only Achilles heel. Yeah. Well you get Toronto Toronto's really good and they are. And they have a matchup issue, which is they could score on the perimeter. So you know. But I, I, your guy you guys are right. Like they could actually come out of the East. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. I mean Isn't it, it great to have basketball back? It is. It fills that void. I mean, this was an empty time of the year for oh a God. long time. Very empty. I mean, you got to go back to when, you know, it was 2001 mm-hmm. and Allen Iverson, and, and even that was a blip. Yeah. I mean, like, quite frankly, you guys in your lifetime have not even experienced it. Mm-mm. Right. Right? I mean, because like, you're, you're, rem- you're a kid I, with Barkley, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, the Iverson stuff was fun. I even enjoyed those Iverson teams that would, like, lose to the Pistons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought those were cool teams. Like, they were – it was good theater, as I like to say. Right, 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 right. You know, but the past few years, man, this time of the year on the radio and TV, it's been nothing but draft talk. Yeah. Now, I guess Eagles fans are content. They don't really care as much about the draft now as they did because they're satisfied. Yeah. You know, they, uh, the Eagles finally scratched that uh, itch, to say the least. For me – my team, I've never seen them win it. So I'm always looking forward to the draft. I always enjoy the offseason. And a lot at all so the, the last Eagles fans time the really, Raiders won I wasn't was eighty three. Yeah. And that was Marcus Allen mm-hmm. reversing field. Yes. Because I remember being a kid and And that was the iconic it was a blowout to Yeah. You know. Yeah, they buried him. Washington, yeah. right? Well, no, yeah, 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 Washington. Yeah. Theismans, uh, Joe Gibbs. Yeah. Daryl Green's rookie year. I just remember I the thing I remember that Super Bowl was Marcus Allen reversing. Of course, going, yeah. Oh my God, that's an iconic NFL moment. But they were. But now you got to love. Like who is front and center? So the owners' meetings are going on right now, mm-hmm. and uh, in Florida. Yeah. So the coaches have a, an annual picture where all the coaches gather. Yeah. You guys know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw. And uh, <laughs> who is front and center in the middle? 
Was it Gruden? Gruden. Was it? Gruden with his polo, front and center, in the middle of a Andy's I, on the end with his Hawaiian shirt. Right, right, right. And Doug was in there. But and I saw uh, Gruden was, was there. Matt Patricia was in that picture. Yeah. The Lions, he was dressed like Tony Soprano. Yes. I, I didn't realize how big he was. Yeah, yeah. He's he a might big have put dude. on some weight, man. Yeah. Jesus. He's a big guy. Yeah. Um, Andy right. Reid loves those and Hawaiian shirts yeah, he loves them every year. He would, always lose the championship. Yeah. he would always lose the championship game and go coach the Pro Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So he got, that's true. <laughs> he got used to them. But, you know, that's a whole other uh, topic to cover. Now, real quick, championships, Philly, basketball, Villanova, Final Four, leads me right into a segment, Ant, we like to do Italian of the Week. Ironically, there aren't that many Italians around. We can never identify one. So it's like... Oh, more, Bellinelli. It's, How many yeah, times do you want it? it it's more like a, a, Italian of the um, every month, yeah. So, But now this week we got Dante DiVincenzo. They call him the Michael like Jordan that. of Delaware. They also call him the Big Ragu. I'm not sure if that's racist or not. <laughs> Frankly, I don't Somehow care. Somehow they call me the Big Ragu, too. So at some point. I don't know. I think we... I bet you, look, we all got called the Big Ragu oh, yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah. You remember the surprise? episode where uh, who was it Paulie was talking about uh, Johnny Sachs's uh, wife and said her blood type was ragu yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he has the right hair it makes sense anyway I'm a Dante DiVincenzo guy I mean to me he looks like an NBA player yeah. I mean he gets it done Shoot any which ball. way he's clutch yeah. uh, six five six six athletic I love watching the Dante kid. I think they're gonna win it all Dante DiVincenzo the Italian of the week I love Dante I, I, I raised yeah. my my, I raised my glass of Chianti. Okay, that's right. That was a good Actually, one. I'm going to raise my glass of Barolo <laughs> to my man. Do you think Nova's going to win it? I know we're kind of asking for predictions here. I, I think no, they're going to win it. Yeah, li- listen, I mean, I, I you know, I, I love that team. I love they're really well Embarrassment of riches. They're, they're loaded. They're loaded. The only thing I want, look, Kansas is legit. Like, yeah, they are. I mean, they're kind of mirrored one another. It's going to yeah. be you know, a game that's going to probably be played in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I got one fear. It's going to sound stupid. So, when you walk into a dome, mm-hmm. what's the one thing, for basketball, mm-hmm. what's the one thing that you see? What's the one thing that's off? Depth percentage. Yes, bingo. And you know how sometimes, you know, shooting, and that's the only thing that scares me. Now, I, UNC used that as a scapegoat, I think, last time they re- played No. They it's were talking real. about that. It's kind of real. Yeah. You know, like, I believe in it. There, there is there's something about that. I mean, that's why the batter's eye in baseball is an important yeah. thing. I mean, it makes I mean, sense. Close it, you need, there's funny, because we're in South Philly, and there's a playground on 13th and Art. Mm-hmm. Right? So, right by the subway stop, Marconi Platz. You guys are familiar. Of course. So, there's basketball courts there. You know the basketball courts? Mm-hmm. Right across from Pops. So, and I used to hate playing there. Because when you would look and you would shoot, there was no, there was no backdrop. It was just green. Like it was just, your depth was way yeah, off. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Whereas if you played, say, Johnson's Field mm-hmm. on 19th Street, mm-hmm. you had a, it was enclosed. In, in yep. So you could feel like, or they used to have courts on 12th and Wharton, and remember those. They you 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 could play. You could shoot. You on this because it was closed in. Yeah, everything was boxed in, so mm-hmm. you actually had a backdrop. And we hate shoot, but th- I think that's real. It's a long way of me saying I actually think depth perception is a real deal. So I, I brought up with Jay because I had Jay on this morning and I brought nice. up with Jay. Nice. And um, so we were talking about it. So interesting. The first time they go to the Final Four in '09, mm-hmm. they didn't. Have, they only had one practice. 
they added a second practice that's closed to the media. And that helps. So that's going to be a heavy shooting practice. Is that the Mike Nardi team? For, uh, yes. He could have been an Italian of the week. He yeah. could have been. That's right. Archie Diacono was an he, Italian He definitely was Italian of the week. He really was. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> one of the first. I like yeah, that. He was one of the first. Yeah. He's with the Bulls now. Isn't that amazing? Did it's you awesome. see what happened? How the uh, Bulls PA guy didn't know how to pronounce his name? I'm not yeah. surprised. <laughs> when I tough. first heard of him, I thought his first name was Archie. Yes. Yeah. And his last name was... <laughs> but no. His hey. father's a great guy, too. I know his dad. He played football, too, Yeah, his father, he's a really right? good, good family, yeah. Good Went to Nova? Family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I'm uh, always pulling for these Italian athletes, far and few in between. Hey, you, sure. you know what I mean? I thought Jake Arrieta was Italian. He's Puerto Rican. No. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I thought he was too. I, well, I nominated him for Italian of the Week that I found out. Right. Got remember, shot he, down. He's like, <laughs> he's like Carlito. Right, right, Carlito you Bergante. Remember, remember the scene <laughs> where the mob guy goes to Carlito? Yeah, we thought Carlito was a, he dances like an Italian. Yeah, right, 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 right. I love that when they're sitting in the club waiting yeah. for him or something like that. He dances like an Italian. <laughs> I talk to people. I say Carlito's way is like, like I have that up there. Like I might like Carlito's way more than like Goodfellas. Carlito's Way is awesome. I, I like it better. I'll tell you what I like it better than Bronx Tale. Mm, interesting. Carlito's Way is, it's a great, it's the Palma, right? Mm -hmm. So the Palma directs it. Yeah. It's a great story. It really yeah. is. You have uh, Sean Penn character, which yeah. is mm -hmm. the, the attorney. David Kleinfeld. Kleinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Do I call him? Kleinfeld. Call him. Is this you, Kleinfeld? <laughs> this is for my father yeah. and my brother. And, uh, Good night, counselor. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. The best and is when he gets it. He goes, he goes, you're a gangster now, Dave. We played you're that quote on the last episode. Oh, did you really? Yeah. You, can't go, you can't go to school for that. Yeah, it's the <laughs> and another part of the, You're the, not a lawyer. The twist in the end. It's an unexpected little twist. Oh, it's You great. weren't thinking Benny Blanco right. at the end. And then, bam, right. it's devastating. Yeah, it is devastating. <laughs> Pacino is a more versatile actor than De Niro. I say it all the time. He played a blind guy in Scent of a Woman a Cuban in Scarface, a Puerto Rican in Carlito's Way, um, the evolution of his character in, the, uh, in um, Godfather, oh, a football amazing. coach in Any Given Sunday, not the, which I thought he was phenomenal in. He's going to be uh, Joe Paterno in this new HBO movie. Yeah. Um, what else did he do? Uh, the Devil's Advocate, big fan of that movie. Uh, I love the scene in the end where they're playing Sinatra. Two for the money. Two for the money was a good movie. How about uh, The Devil's Advocate? I'm a fan of man. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look, but don't touch. Yeah, yeah. Touch, but don't taste. Yeah. Taste, but don't swallow. Doesn't he say too, vanity is my favorite sin? Yes. Yeah, that's a great movie. That's a bad-ass movie. Mm -hmm. But we can't, you know, De Niro has Cape Fear, where he was the devil. Sure. So wait, you have, um, let's look at, uh, so De Niro has... Let me think of some great De Niro roles. They're like, all very similar. You know, and that's my thing. The way he played Jimmy Conway in Goodfellas, you would really never know he was an okay. Irish guy. How you about, would assume he's Italian in that Okay, movie. but how about this? How about in Copland, he plays... I love Copland. He plays... Very small part in Copland, though. Right, but he was incredible, right? As a guy he going awesome. after the cops, as a New York district attorney. I love that right? entire cast. I'm a huge fan of that movie. Yeah, it's a, it's Harvey a good movie. Keitel, Sly love Stallone. Harvey Keitel. Michael Rapaport, who kind of went off the deep end recently. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that stuff with Barstool. No, what happened? Oh, my God. They got into a big feud. Uh, you know Smitty from Barstool? Yeah. He's you know, kind of like a Philly representation for them. Got into a big feud. I guess 
There was a $2,000 fantasy football bet that he never paid, and they were just going after each other, like, really bad. It was actually really? kind of ugly. So Portnoy fired uh, Rappaport, and, man, it, it was some really ugly, weird stuff that, like, I'm glad I'm never going to be a part of anything quite like that. It was beyond unprofessional wow, and strange. Huh. Yeah. It, I, it, it was strange. First of all, I don't know why he's – why isn't he acting? Yeah, right? Right. right. Yeah. What made him an opinion on sports? Yeah, listen, fine. Like, like whatever. Like but he's on, like, Colin Coward's show. Yeah, but, like, why, ESPN why don't you, why don't first date. Why, why, like, why don't you be an actor? Yeah, right. You wonder if he got blackballed from that world. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. If he acted up or something. And, you know, he pushes the heavy politics, which is like maybe my, in my head, I'm thinking he's trying to win them back because mm-hmm. of that whole political movement in Hollywood. Oh, uh, is he really? Yeah, yeah, he- yeah. And that was a big kind of thing going on with the Barstool stuff. Mm-hmm. It was heavy politics. Um, but Rappaport was in True Romance, and I love yeah. that movie. Uh, he was in a lot of movies I liked, yeah. and it was, it was strange seeing that. Um, but yeah, maybe he did get blackballed. Because what is? It? I don't even remember the last movie I saw him in recently. Exactly. He was in a movie called, oh jeez, um, um, he was in a movie. What the hell was it Benny, called? Benny, pull up the on the mark. Uh, IMDb. Nice, nice. And, uh, it was um, Michael Rappaport. Yeah, it, it, it was um, who is um, leaving Las Vegas. Um, uh, Johnny Depp? No. Oh, uh, that's uh, Fear Logan. Yeah, 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 which is awesome. Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage. Where he tries to kill himself with the alcohol? So, yeah, so Nicholas Cage, he's in a movie with Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Where Nicholas Cage is a gangster. He's like a, um, he's like a, uh, he's like the son of his, he's a mob guy, whatever, Nicholas Cage. And he's all buffed up. Like oh. he's on steroids. And he's got asthma. And <laughs> he's like the mob boss okay. of this. And the red haired dude. Caruso, okay, was it was in it? Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. And and Michael Rappaport, okay, it's actually not horrible. I weirdly good, like horrible. Nick Cage, Snake Eyes, Atlantic City's Front, Snake Eight Eyes. Millimeter with James Gandolfini. That actually that movie was haunting. Haunting. That haunting. movie. <laughs> I watched that movie. And Joaquin you Phoenix, hear, who's a great actor. Great actor. You want to hear an awkward moment? I watched that movie in a Baltimore hotel room with my mother and father. <laughs> Did you really? They didn't care about me watching things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, You know, because I was relatively young when that movie came out. I was probably 13. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That movie's no, messed it's up. Yeah, it is. By the way, there's a, there's a line in the movie, something about you dance with the devil and you, mm-hmm. you, you devil never leaves you. Right, and, right, right. And it's true. Like, that movie, it's like, ugh. I think they were talking about, like, when you see yes, what they were doing. Exactly. But the movie itself was so... It was dark. Depraved. It was morbid. Yeah. There's another one. Did you ever see Bay Lieutenant? Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Which Nicolas Cage remade. Yes. But, which Louisiana, I didn't see. In Louisiana. Like he's in Louis- piece. And he's in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I didn't see that. But I would give it a watch if I came across it. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I mean, I... I love it. I watched like talk the first about sports talk minutes. radio. That narrates the movie. Oh, my God. And it's Mad Dog Russo. Yes, who I'm a big fan yeah, of. Yeah, sure. You know, talking and about those Mets teams. Yeah, Strawberry. Because yeah. he's bet, he, he he was bet, betting big money on, well, what was it, the NLCS? Yeah, Dodgers and Mets. Yes. <laughs> that movie gives me the creeps. And it was also dark, kind of, and morbid. Ah, very dark. Yeah. None. Yeah. He had every vice known to man. Oh, my God. I mean, he was, you know. Harvey Keitel's The movie, the movie opens... Family. It's one of these amazing scenes. It's a great scene how it opens. 
where he's dropping his kids off at the Catholic school. Yeah. Right? So he pulls up next to the school. The kids get out. And it looks really, really sweet, right? Yeah. And then you see, like, from the rearview mirror, he's got, there's a cross hanging. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you look and, like, the shot through to see the school, mm -hmm. the church, the kids in uniform, yeah. the cross dangling. Right. And then all you the see symbolism him. of sin. And then yep. you see him, and he's doing a line of coke. Yep. And then doesn't he pull the girls over not too Well, that was, yeah, that? it was later A in the little movie. later yeah, in the yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but no, but that was yeah, another one. Like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. uh, what did your father know? You got the car? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about a creep. Yeah. You know. Ah, man. Harvey Keitel's a Hall of Famer, though. One of my favorites. Uh, without a doubt. You know, Pulp Fiction, just laundry list. Mean Streets. Mean Streets. Dude, you're a Mean Scors Streets fan. Yeah, of course. Scorsese's first, I think. De Niro, Keitel. Oh, my God. I love Mean Streets. Mm-hmm. Me streets. Yeah. I, we, we quote we quote all the time. Those aren't lenses. <laughs> They're adapters. <laughs> you got a you heisted Jap adapters. <laughs> that that movie is yeah. great fun. That is, it's early 72, 73. And, 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 and before you, the Godfather, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You look at Kaitel and the, his whole thing of because you look at Scorsese and there's always a religious backdrop to it. Always, yeah. And you know, he, he was struggling with his whole life. Yeah. And the uncle, and it's a, it was a great one. And then, and De Niro was crazy, right? So uh -huh. he's... It was a total loose cannon. Yeah. yeah you know, like, and he's young and he's not... Mm -hmm. not we well, should I put it on a big tab or a little tab? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about I put it on a little tab this way, the, the, to even out? Like, yep. you know, he's, he's crazy. <laughs> if you Have you seen it? It's phenomenal, no, Benny. Actually, I, 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 have it. I'll, I actually have it. I'll lend it to it's you. Great. It's a to. great movie. I need you to. Know, you're a Scorsese guy. I you're know, the new oh, my God. It's old. It's, it's an old movie. It's vintage. They're young in it. So, There's a great scene in a, in a pool hall okay. where they get into a fight. How about it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Phenomenal. Now, it, let me. I had this question written down that I wanted to ask you. Your top three movies. Yeah, I mean... Like that's so hard. It's so hard. That's why I didn't say. Like Godfather. Godfather is one of the three. Get, let's eliminate the obvious. Right. So because Godfather is one of the three. All right. Godfather is a beautiful. Yeah. It's. Man, I, can, I can't. I can never stop watching. It. Where was I it? just watched it last week again. It's, it's on a, Netflix. It's amazing <laughs> how beautiful. Mm -hmm. I know. It's 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 such great. It's a work of art. Yeah, it's like a modern day Shakespeare. It really is. I mean, and it a, became a template oh, for so many movies after. It. Yes. I mean, it was. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful, just beautiful film, the whole thing. It was done perfectly. Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. It's so funny, man, because I, I love, like you, like you guys, like I love movies. Mm -hmm. And like, I like sweeping dramas. Okay. I like period pieces. I like a lot of independent foreign stuff, mm -hmm. you know. I'm like, right now, I just watch. I got in on this, you guys see this, like, I, I watch a lot of TV now. Like that. I do it late at night or whatever uh, on you know, Netflix stuff. Have you guys gotten into Saborda? I have. So, mm -mm. Saborda is an Italian show on Netflix. Mm. So, it takes place in Rome. And it's really interesting. So, they'll have... It's, a, there's, it, it's like the confluence of Roman politics, the Vatican. Uh, there's some real estate deals going on the mob gypsies and it's a really cool world my grandmother calls everybody a gypsy oh she's a gypsy, oh, a gypsy. <laughs> well it was, it was interesting like you know it's, it's a great 
It really is. It's, yeah. a, it's a great show. Is it done in Italian? Or is it done yeah, in English? Yeah, it's subtitled, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's subtitled. Uh, that doesn't scare me away, though, if it's good. No, I, w- I knew you. Yeah. Would show- yeah. No, I know for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, some of my favorite movies are subtitled. The, the, the thing is, there's an Italian movie that I saw at the Ritz. It was literally almost eight hours long. Yikes. That's long. And I'm trying to think. They had, a, they had an intermission. Yeah. And it was called Best of Youth. And... Not I want to say t- early 2000s, and what a what an amazing, amazing film! It takes these it's like these two brothers from childhood to like the end of their lives, and yeah, there's all kinds of things that go on. The floods of Venice, and yeah, you know, it's a sweeping movie. It's beautifully done, mm-hmm. and it's back when it's before chapter television. It, it, I think they turned it into a TV series or a TV miniseries. Yeah, but it came out as a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it was amazing, now, but it was subtitled. And why don't you tell uh, our VIP listeners about the screenplay you uh, yeah. just got done? Very interesting stuff, man. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Uh, well, not really because I'm not going to see the play. I don't say that. Speak it um, into existence. Yeah. Positivity. <laughs> I, I I love this story because it's about a father and a son at at its heart. Okay. So it's about a, um, a generational cheese shop on 9th Street. So imagine the Bruno brothers. Now, Emilio Minucci, whose family owns the, you know, she's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Bruno brothers, it was a big help in this because he taught me that world. And I, why I love writing is you get to learn different it's worlds. It's an educational process. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really... So I learned everything there was about cheese. And... He goes on these all these different cheese trips to exotic places. So I, I thought it was like a really cool. I wanted to write a story around it. And so the story is about this couple. They have one son who wants to be a director, and he's living in Hollywood. And he winds up being um, a booker for Jimmy Kimmel. And so he's like not professionally satisfied. He's been out in L.A. for... 10 years one of his buddies he and his best friend from South Philly drove to LA and made a pact one kid's an actor so one kid makes it his, his buddy makes it and he's kind of still struggling and so the father and the, the father and the mother are about to go on a trip they've never really done this this exotic trip of a lifetime and the mother is sick unbeknownst to the father and the mother suddenly passes away. So the fa- the son comes home. And, like, he had been home and all, but he had been away basically for 10 years. And so, you know, they had this really hard, horrible moment, losing the mother, and it's traumatic to the family. And the mother had a sister. They, they were, like, best friends. And the sister said to the uh, the father and, the, and, the, and her nephew, listen, your mother would want you guys to go on this trip. In her honor, you guys need to go on this trip. No, no, no. Your mother would want this. Yeah. Mother's name was Venus. They called her. That was her, her nickname yeah. when they were kids. Because everybody, as you know, it, it, probably in your guys' family, had nicknames, right? Sure. Like my mother, like my mother, my mother, my aunt. My aunt was Cookie, and my mother was Sister. Yeah, my father was Bo. Right, right. Like that's you know what Tal always was. So they go. So you know funeral the whole thing they decided to go on this trip 
So the tr the, they're going to, and, the, and basically it's those two reacquainting with each other. Because remember, you know, 10 years is a long time, mm -hmm. right? Like now fast, all of a sudden, a long time. But, but you change as a person, Yes. right? So the son, he's not the kid, the young man that was running around while he was going to college or whatever. He, you know, ten, he's a man. He's ten years old. Right. He's thirty. The father's like fifty-four, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, there's a different guy. He's his own man, and so now they have this whole thing of traveling. So the son, there's so many different lessons that happen, but they go through. They go to Greece, where they have uh, these nuns make this incredible fetiches. They go to Spain. Um, they go to France, they go to Italy. I don't want to tell you what happens. They go to um, Switzerland, and then they go to England. Yeah. They end with a che a cheese shoot. You ever hear of a um, where they have a shoot with uh, with um, like a hot dog fire type thing? No, like the, actually, Park in England, you're right, right. No, in, in England, they do a a, a shoot. With, you know, the dogs and skeet shoot. And they go oh, out. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a real shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do that with cheese. They shoot the cheese? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Wow. So the cheese it. gets like slingshotted out and somebody shoots it with a rifle? They do a, a, a bunch of different things with it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's cool. cool. I mean, it's amazing. interesting. <laughs> and the movie, and like, there's a big part of the movie, but anyway, like it's at like the end. Yeah. There's a fun little scene of, of them right. shooting the cheese. It's, they shoot the bad cheese. Okay. The cheese that don't work, you know. That's cool. So they kill and the bad cheese. that's symbolic all in itself. Well, there's like all kinds of symbolism. So, you know, you, we, how we are now with technology and cheese making hasn't, hasn't changed right. since the beginning of time, right? So there's only one way to make it. It's a painstaking way to make cheese. Mm -hmm. And it, it's pretty cool. Like, so yeah. you're, you're at farms, you're, you're in nature, like these beautiful settings. Yeah. So it's a... I always said, like, I, I want a really good DP to capture just the beauty of the film. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, let's see what happens. I've re you know, I'm into my health stuff. I'm always looking up stuff about food, what have you. I heard that they use wood as filler in cheese when it gets, like, imported to America and whatnot. No, okay. And that freaked me out. Yeah, the Because the, the I don't want to eat wood. The cheap. Mm-hmm. Are you... you <laughs> We always got the Licatelli cheese, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Reggio Parmigiano. Right. But the, in the cheap cheese, the, uh, what is it? The, the, I don't even know what brand it would be. But you go macaroni cheese and you go get it at whatever, yeah. whatever store. The cheap, they the use Medigano wood. cheese, yeah, the yeah, right. cheese with, with, with filler with wood. How about that? All yeah. right, well, I mean, you know, that's something uh, that's all the I read that too, to yeah. spend a but couple you know, now, But nowadays, you, you know, I mean, Farm to table. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you, the food's never been better. Agreed. Right? It's never been better. Seriously. I totally agree. Now, let me add a little rapid fire type thing here. Seinfeld or Sopranos? Sopranos. Chicken cutlets or meatballs? Meatballs. Favorite Philly restaurants? You can rattle off a couple. Laver 2. Mm. The Grand Cafe L'Aquila. Oh, I love it there. Tequilas. Mm-hmm. Um, a million of them. Uh, Aroma, which is on Pine Street. Mr. Mm -hmm. Tony's an incredible chef. Um, I mean, there's there, there's a. I have so many different favorites. Um, so if I if I look at, it all depends on what food I want. Sure. 
So if I'm in the mood... We'll stick Italian. We'll stay, stay with the... Well, thing. yeah. Then those other ones are yep, Italian. Yep. All right. Favorite vacation spot? Europe. Anywhere in Europe. Anywhere in Probably. Europe. Probably. I mean, anywhere. I mean, you can put me in. I, I had a great trip. I went to, uh, to France and uh, Belgium. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took my kids, like the whole family to do it. So we're in Paris, and then we went to uh, Br- Brussels. Beautiful. So I took my favorite thing was this is a few years ago. I took my me, me and my little boy at that point he was five, and we went to uh, Bruges, mm-hmm. which there was that movie. She got a movie in Bruges. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, I gotta go to Bruges. I gotta go to Bruges. <laughs> so me and him got on a train. Infatuated. Me and him got on a train <laughs> and we went to Bruges, which I loved. And that's a good memory right there, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, I do these coffee reviews. You know how the barstool yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. they do the pizza review, yeah, Dave yeah, yeah. Portnoy. I do like a mock coffee review. Yeah, and yeah. going all around Philly, the, the area, South Philly, Center City, Jersey, wherever I'm at. Do you go to Grand Cafe? Oh, I love it there. I eat yeah, there pretty, pretty cool. often. That I haven't done a coffee review there, though. I have oh, had the coffee. coffee. I love it. It's the best coffee so in the city. What is that? All right, so that answers the question. That's your that, favorite Grand coffee. Grand Cafe Luck was un- un- unbelievable. That's your number the one The other one okay. is, is really good, too, is my boy... Uh, John Longacres, but the the coffee it's so I love the tap Saffoli Tap Room. Yeah. Right across is the coffee shop. Okay. Saffoli Tap Room. Mm-hmm. You know we're on Mifflin Street. Yeah, yeah. Mifflin. It's like world renowned. Yeah, yeah, it's like the really good coffee too. My father's office w- was two doors down from that. Oh really? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of funny you mentioned that, but yeah, they they do have great coffee as well. Okay. Now I I saw something recently. In fact, one of the kids that blogs for us, he he wanted me to ask you about this. Yeah. When you joined the part in my take show, and they kept putting you on hold, what the hell were they doing? What okay, started all so that? So, <laughs> what it was is to we were messing around. By the way, I was I was only on for for uh, it was like five minutes. Yeah, they only had me on hold for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, they just made it seem right. Right, yeah, I love I, those guys. I do. They're I, hilarious. Yeah, they're no, hysterical. They're... So, what did I? I was like, look at these. God bless them. I was breaking their yeah, balls. Yeah. Because they're immensely popular, right? Sure. Like, incredibly popular. And I go, I don't know these two Mama Lukes, yeah, whatever yeah, they yeah, were. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they came on my show in Chicago into the draft. Because Big Cat's from Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah. They're, they're really talented dudes. Mm-hmm. And and I was breaking their balls. They go, look at it, these guys. And it was professional jealousy, mm-hmm. is what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you go, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Look, I got a resume all around as long as my arm. Yeah. You know, but, it was, but we were breaking by. I go, ah, dude, I got to call up and apologize. Like, due respect. Yeah, right, 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 right. It was fun. No, it was funny. I, he wanted me to ask that. I thought it was interesting. No, it was true, though, but it was, Yeah. It was what happened. I go, <laughs> I listen, listen, I'm cool. You know, again, I, I which right's right, you know, you shoot your mouth off. Right, right, right. You got you to you you pay the piper. Mm-hmm. So I was like, listen, it's respect. Right. I owe you respect. Now, what? Now, let me kind of. You mentioned Chicago. Know about New York? You're working up there. What was it like? You know, you're a stone cold South Philly guy. You love it here. What was it like having to go to other cities to work? It was awesome. Yeah. You no, didn't we, miss the neighborhood. Yeah, with, you I know, always at miss. All? You always miss. But you can always get back, right? Yeah, you always miss it. But I love to travel. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. It's it's the greatest education. Yeah. I, in fact, I I, I sometimes because. I, to this day, kind of kick myself that I didn't just move to Europe and, and it's hard to make a living. It is. You know, but kind of 
carve out a niche, it, it's it's the greatest thing in the world just yeah. to just to go and see. And I love all the cities. I my favorite job. Now I love this where it's very warm and personal and mm-hmm. share people. Well, my favorite job. I, I was um, at the New York Post, and my editor was a really cool a guy named Greg Gallo, really old old school hard scrabble newspaper guy. Mm-hmm. Like you would look at whatever the guy from Spider Man, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he would say, "Take your pink panties off when you're right," you know. <laughs> but I used to do national stuff for him, so yeah. I would be on the road, 230, 50 nights a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know, some ridiculous amount, two seventy. I did all kinds of crazy numbers yeah. on the road, and it would be all over. So I would be in Seattle and go, hey, go to Vancouver and go do this. Where you at? Oh, we'll go to here. And I, I lived out of the suitcase for a good. Five years, and I loved every second yeah. of it. Now, so you're a great guy. See, I'm, I say this to Benny all the time. I say this to people. Say what you will about South Philadelphia. I think it's one of the most unique neighborhoods in the world. I've been to a lot of cities. I've been, to, I've been out of the country. I find it incredibly unique here, from the layout to the people to the businesses to the traditions to the things that go on. I think it's awesome. I think it's a very unique place. I mean, you got to agree with that, right, Amp? Oh my God, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's a warm feeling. Nah, the warm. We talk about warmth. I mean, it doesn't get warmer. It's it's home, right? It's home. Yeah. Like I remember when I was young and they, they moved us to Jersey. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother hated it, and so it was like they used to fight all the time. We're always back in the city. Yeah. Oh, come on, let's go. Right. And you'd spend like literally, we would spend weeks and during during the summer mm-hmm. and then during school she would have us. You're on Friday, and then finally, let's go back. Let's go. Yeah, back. it was—it's unbelievable, right? Like how much it was a part of it. And throughout my my whole life, it was—I can sit there and smell that smell, right? Yeah. On a summer June day, it's warm, and the city gives off a smell. And I find it I does. like it. I right? love it. Yeah, I okay? know exactly what you're talking. And about. I, I remember, and I could close my eyes and walk. And sit there, and I remember the half ball games, and I remember hanging with all well, my friends, and it was such a beautiful. It's safe. It's a place of safety. You know what's yeah. funny about it? Like there was, we had no fear. It taught us no fear. Right. There was no, never any fear. Now, Ian, when you moved to Jersey, you were in Hamilton. Washington Township. Washington Township area, which is Little South Philly. Yeah, which <laughs> which was the rest of them, with the rest of them. Right, right, but right. We were all we were all going back, and it was funny. We hated it, and I, to this day, I hated it. Like, yeah. yeah, like you know, like it's crazy. Like we loved this neighborhood. Like I can give you chapter and verse, you know. So my buddy Joe Ben was king of peace. So and the Irera family, like we would go hang over there. And you remember Irira Pharmacy on Twenty uh, First in ja- on Twentieth in Jackson, right next to Nick Twenty First yeah, in Jackson, down Nick's, from Nick's Roast Beef. Yeah, I like, was going to say I was thinking Domerera over here. Yeah, watch his Kobe's cousin. Oh, okay, well there you go. Um, then all the Phillies would go to his pharmacy. Like, oh, yeah, right, right, Big right. Joe. Right. We used to go to Wildwood, the family, so our family and the nice. Irira family. Um, but like I like every piece of the, like this side of Broad Street. Like I learned how to drive. I'm 16. And my, uh, like our best, we, were, we all had the same friends. Mm-hmm. We were that, that, mm-hmm. I was the young one. Mm-hmm. So he lived in 1107 Rittner Street. 
So I'm driving my cousin's car, like for the first time. I'm, I'm probably 16. Don't tell me you crashed it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> up. My friend Vinny's father, Armando, God bless him. Great name. Armando will come out. Hey, what's the matter with you? In broken <laughs> English. And uh, I, well, I can't go reverse, Armando. I can't go reverse. <laughs> it was, it was so fun. I mean, just and see, I we lived up Gladstone Street. My buddy Andy, we would take the, the his, we go sit in the yard. We could take the table out there, yeah. like I mean, all kinds of. And, and it's so funny you're saying this type of stuff. Goes, Benny, haven't I been on a rant lately about it's all about the little things in life that you remember? Yeah, like absolutely. the real big things. They're great. They're enjoyable. But the little things, the little special things, whatever makes them special for whatever reason, they're the ones that stick with you forever. That's what I was going to say. They stick with you. You know, and it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. And you remember the feel, the the smell, the sound. It's just. Oh, my God. It, yeah. They're warm feelings. The other one is is that I always remember. I remember going to, like, I remember this, I remember this with my mother, um, going to uh, Gerard Park. I love Gerard Park. It's Historic. my favorite. Because we were, we were at St. Monica's Parish. Mm-hmm. And Gerard Park, it's beautiful, those houses. I always love those houses. And I remember the crunching of the leaves being fall. Yeah. Squirrels, you know, just having to catch football catch with my mom. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and that it's and that little park, things, like man. That, those trees, those, the, the, yeah. because you go around that neighborhood, those trees are old. I felt bad that one got trees. knocked down recently, that uh, nor'easter we had. Oh my god. Yeah, I felt bad. I mean, how old but that, that, that tree's got to right? be 100, 100 years old. Exactly. More. We're talking about mature trees. Yeah. But then, but you go like, you go like all those neighbors, right? So you go to I mean, Passion Avenue, you know, forget what it is now, because mm-hmm. it's completely different. But, and I love it. Yeah, what yeah. It is now. still offers some stuff that's, right. like, you, know, you know, that we enjoy. Right. Um, but like that neighborhood was, was a key cog. Yeah. Um, I found a uh, old article. I think it was from the Inquirer about, and this article was from like '83, early '80s, and it was talking about how Pashunk Avenue was the new Ninth Street. Wow! Check that how out. How about that? That's amazing. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And that blew my mind. And it, you know, had pictures of the businesses and all. And, you know, it was all Italian businesses and yeah. really cool stuff. Yeah, that was. It was awesome. I, you know, I still go to Pasquale Taylor. He's still there. Sure, he's hilarious. My cousin's still there. He owns Boys Town. He's okay. like my brother. He yeah, owns, yeah, yeah. You remember Boys Town? We all went yeah, to Boys yeah, Town. Yeah, 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 of course. And, you know, you got Trey Scalini, which is good. Oh, yeah. Labor too. Yeah, you said. Yeah, I love Labor too. My buddy's at Fuel. Yeah. That's a good lunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it still Mr. offers Martino's. some stuff. Like everything. Yeah, that's a low-key place. Because they're only open like one or two days a yeah. week, right? It's hard to get you there. You know, it's a great place. And it's fairly new. But uh, he's an amazing. The guy is an amazing chef. He's got a place in in Jersey. But the uh, social club, Polizzi. Yeah. Twelfth and Reed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, you got to yeah. be a member. I never. Got, I got a bunch of my friends who have gone. They talk it up. The pictures look great. The food looks great. It's, the food's spectacular. It's yeah. like simple. It's like stuff that we grew up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we just do stuff that we grew up on. I mean, he had this one. This uh, pasta with short rib, which is just. Tremendous, right? Gnocchi with short rib, right. which was like amazing. Yeah, Sounds great. but he's a he's terrific, and that place was his files. I remember going in that right. place years ago. Oh, there that's were, fitting. How about that? Like there was a, that's there, cool. There were there were there were a lot. It was we were, we were talking. My cousin and I were just talking about the after hour places on Twelfth and Reed. There was one, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there was there was a few throughout the course of the same Patrick mm-hmm. Gavin, mm-hmm. right, right on on Patrick and um, Moore uh, Club uh, Noche on the Thirteenth and Reed. Yeah. 
That was a little more recent, but still now no, 20 years removed. Exactly. You know. But it was fun. And like they were I've Joe been Meggs. on a saloon kick, and I've been eating at the saloon oh, every week. Get out. I love it there, man. I was just there Friday. I took a, a, get I the a, hell out of here. I was there Friday. Are you serious? I swear to God. I was for lunch. Okay, I was for dinner. Yeah. Ate upstairs, went to the bar afterwards, had a drink. A I f- love it there. Hey, come on. How about the artwork in there? Oh, my God. I was looking at behind the bar. There's a picture. Get this. Of George Washington and Santa Claus. Because then he crossed the Delaware on Christmas Eve or something. <laughs> so it was like this picture from the Bicentennial. So I think his picture was from like 76. It, and they're in a, a sleigh. It that's blew my cool. mind. I love the Godfather picture upstairs. Oh, the best. They yeah. got a picture of Lincoln that's like an original yeah, picture Oh, yeah, remember the, there was yeah. only like so many made or whatever? I think there, it's like in the actual one picture. <laughs> you're, you're, we can say that that is the best veal parmesan mm. in the entire world i had the lobster francaise on thursday or friday we went the thursday before for my 30th birthday oh did you really i don't remember any of i don't remember any of it that's why i had to go back i had a little too much fun yeah that's what you should do (laughs) ended up in the methodist hospital that's it listen to this ended up in the methodist hospital what'd you do i just drank too much oh and it's so much that you had to go to the hospital well i was also locked out of my apartment so i'm throwing up all over broad street in front of the castle on the hill two blocks away from uh, the Methodist. They walk me over to Methodist. I stay for three hours. They say, all right, you gotta go. I had a flight. My cousin picks me up in the cab. We just make the flight. I'm thrown up at the airport. And then I went down to Miami and had a ball. Oh man, Saw that's awesome. Todd Gurley at the Fountain Blue. Oh, did you really? Oh, there's so many awesome. NFL guys down there. This is their time to have yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. What did you, what did you, uh, what did you drink? Everything, that yeah. was the problem. Yeah. Uh, they give you IV and all? I don't remember. I don't think so. I didn't have any marks or anything, so no. Um, started with Manhattans. Yeah, you did. Per- ah, Benny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, did. You did. Uh, Peroni's, mm-hmm. uh, the Zambuca with the the, bean, the, co- the espresso bean, coffee bean. Um, that was all you're doing, by the way. You snuck away to the bar to get them. Yeah. Uh, then there was tequila. There was vodka. Yeah. You know, because we went out after, too. And, yeah. Uh, so you went, you went, you went over to, You went there. Listen, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that, that's my thing. That's why I don't feel bad. If I did that on a random Saturday, if I did that on a no, random Friday, that's that's the, the, a, I got to reevaluate. Then well, then you're a jerk off. Exactly. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. then well, you got a problem. Like right, said. exactly. But no, you're 30. It was literally, too, my actual no. you know birthday. And I said, let me let loose a little bit here. Uh, and I, we had a great time. Mm-hmm. That's had, awesome. Yeah, we had you know, fantastic. The little things. Oh, it's little memories. Things. How we'll many guys were about you? that uh, for years seven. to come? Seven, seven of us. Yeah, it's yeah. the best. It was, uh, a, good night, time. It was a nice crew. All you guys, you're, you're all best friends. Seven of you. No, it's more like me bringing people together. And remember, I told you that's what I love to do. I bring my uh-huh. people together, like different groups of friends from wherever, and we we all, I mean, we hit it off. We all hit it off. Yeah. Great conversation. Nice. Great yeah, times. It was great. But hey, Ant, we appreciate you joining us. I, tell you, I I love you guys. And uh, we literally, I your... fell in love with you. <laughs> we were sitting there at, at the bar, and I went, "I love this dude, man." Yeah. I if if there's any, I wish to God that I had any kind of juice because if I did, you guys would be doing something. Remember, uh, I was thinking back to a convers the conversation we were having. Remember, I told you. One of the funny reasons I really got into the Raiders heavily was how John Gruden was that offensive coordinator for the Eagles in 95. Sure. And I thought it was, and I love that 95 Eagles team. It was like one of the first seasons I truly 
remembered and could like absorb because I was young. Sure. And then next thing I know, Gruden's the Raiders coach come 98 and he's bringing over familiar Eagles faces yeah. and this, that, and the other. So he just brought over a guy from that staff for his Raiders staff now, uh, Mike Tregovic, uh was defensive line coach. Oh, wow. He's been in the league for like two sure. But he was on that 95 Eagles yeah, staff. Yeah, how cool is that? Yeah, shit like that. And Bill Callahan's yeah, son I saw that. is their quarterback's coach, I and Bill see. Callahan was on that yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff like that. That's why yeah, I love sports. You know, weird no, stuff I, like no, that. I, it's, no, and that, I, that might mean nothing well, to some people. Well, you know, you know what's crazy? Like, you guys are good sports guys. Like, remember that the bar told me, like, you can do your sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really. Now, what part of South are you from, Ben? I'm actually from South Jersey. Are you? Yeah, Your family's Hill. from over here, right? Uh, no, actually not. I just know, you know, Mark. Because you know people. exactly. You know, I've been around He's the here. area He's a lot. here like, all the time Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm coming down you, gotta, you have local. a good face. Well, thank you. I appreciate I, I, that. You have a good face, Ben. Appreciate that. Thank it's you. It's a very likable. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, both you guys. You guys will make it big. I uh, will appreciate that. Um, yeah, we really appreciate those kind words, of course, and uh, I hope we can do this again sometime. Anytime, brother. You know what I mean? You have. When I tell you, I had a great time. I could talk to you guys anytime. Yeah, cool. You're always welcome. Yeah. Well, VIP listeners, there you have it. Anthony Gargano. Oh, Benny, what a conversation it was. Anthony, Anthony delivered bigly, man. Very, very bigly. Ah, uh, what a cool guy. Uh, he is just another local guy, man. You know what I mean? Just one of us. It really is. Natural conversation with that guy. Yeah, it's it's an honor and a privilege to to be able to have a conversation with a guy like that. I mean, he has conversations for a living. That's I what know. he gets paid to do. And he chose to come join us, and we're so appreciative of that. And I've, I've frankly, I've been a, a fan for a very long time, and now uh, that's only that's that's grown exponentially. It's funny, I was just about to say, Marky, you said he has conversations for a living. We've spent over a decade at least listening to his conversations. So to have one with him is really special and magical. Yeah, for, for guys like us who appreciate those kind of things, uh, you're not mincing words there. That's totally accurate, and I totally agree. And he had unbelievably kind words, too, uh, to say about us, about the show. I mean, yep. I can't say enough. And those are the things that, you know, really make it all worth it and uh, worthwhile and... We appreciate it tremendously. I cannot say enough how much it meant to both of us. Yep, agreed. And frankly, like I said, I'm excited for what this city has going on with the Sixers, the Phillies. I'm happy for the Eagles fans. I think the Flyers are, you know, going in the right direction as well. But, man, I'm excited for this damn show. Things are going well, folks, and that's all thanks to the VIP listeners uh, for tuning in and giving us feedback and, you know, whether you're agreeing with us or disagreeing with us, it's cool. We are here to create conversation. We're here to offer you some free and enjoyable entertainment. We love working for you guys, frankly. And we're going to continue this movement, Benny. It's a brand that we're building. And it's a brand that I like to think of as inclusive. We bring people together. We bring sports people on. Models, comedians, actors. We're open to have on any type of guests. I, I, I like to call us the show that covers all the bases. Because you get that sports innuendo. Because we certainly talk sports when we have our sports guests. But we can talk about anything else that we deem necessary. That we deem on the mark. 
Absolutely, and that's why Anthony was just so great because he talked movies with us, he talked food with us, and he loved it just as much as we love it. Exactly. And, you know, we like to evaluate the media. We like to observe the media because, frankly, that's something we need to do from a show standpoint. Mm -hmm. And he did that with us as well. And what's How funny cool is, is that? What's funny is he made multiple comments that we have been telling each other for months. It's nice to hear that reinforcement. It's like our thought process is on point. We know what we have to do. We know the challenges in front of us. We know the goals we have. Uh, we know what could make it easier. We know what could make it harder. You know, we're, bottom line is we're heading in the right direction. It feels good. Absolutely. If this was a video game, we'd be hitting checkpoints left and right. Even checkpoints right. we didn't know we had coming. Sure. And, you know, let's just hope that game doesn't freeze up, Benny. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we don't want absolutely. That. Don't want the power to shut off on now, us. Sh now, should I leave our listeners with my top five Italian athletes of all time? Sure. Throw it at them, Marky. Because Ant seemed to like the Italian of the week. Oh, and Dante DiVincenzo was very fitting. He loved it, man. Absolutely. So, my top five Italian athletes. And I'm going to go more recent. So, like, a Joe DiMaggio is exempt. Um, I'm going to go a little more recent. At least color video of these athletes. Right. Jake LaMotta is exempt because, I mean, shit, the movie they made out of him was in black and white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, For sure. Scorsese did that to capture the time period. Uh, but I will start the list off with number five, a boxer, Arturo Gatti. May he rest in peace. He was a uh, bulldog, uh, had some uh, pretty epic fights, and was always a guy I admired. I remember his fights used to be on HBO and whatnot, and I remember watching him fight live, and I always thought it was pretty cool, and he was a commendable guy. Number four, another boxer who they just made a great movie of, starring Miles Teller, Vinny Pazienza, the Pasmanian Devil. Benny, the guy got into a car accident, basically paralyzed from the neck, neck down, was wearing a halo, this, that, and the other. His body recovered so quickly, the doctors couldn't believe it. He was bench pressing with a halo, working out with a halo around his neck. If he slipped anything, he would have been paralyzed for life. Mm -hmm. You know, risking it. And, you know, he was a party animal, ladies' man, just a cool character. And uh, we want to get him on the show soon. It was pretty cool. He tweeted us. And we would love to have Vinny on. So that's Vinny at number four. Funny thing about him, real quick, I met him at the Melrose Diner about 12 years ago. And was the nicest dude possible no clue what the hell he was doing in there in there i mean he, he lives up in like uh, boston new england area but it was it was ridiculous uh number three how about the greatest opposite field power hitter of all time mike piazza not only is he a proud italian but he's arguably the best catcher to ever play the game yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that, man. I mean, he was a big-time idol of mine growing up. I played a little catcher when I was younger, and that was right around his era. My whole mom's side of the family are Mets fans, so I went to a lot of Mets games. He was an awesome just, guy. And just how, like, Tommy Lasorda was his father figure, and, you know, he played in New York, L.A., uh, Florida. You know, World Series champion, Hall of Famer, Mike Piazza, man. You know, can't think of too many better uh, Italian Athletes than him, that's for certain. And if nothing more, just the underdog story of him being yeah. such a low draft pick. Yeah, well, really, the only 60th reason, round or something? only reason he got drafted Tommy was Lasorda. because of family friend being. 
Not to mention, he's a kind of local from PA, yeah, which is cool. And number two, a guy with blue-collar roots who was as physically gifted as they came, and if he played in the very next era that followed him, his numbers would have somehow been any better. This guy had a rocket for an arm, Benny. How about Dan Marino? Party guy, lived it up in Miami. You know, you go from that Western PA lifestyle to Miami and you just get the party going. Super Bowl is rookie year. It's unbelievable they can never get the team around them, get them the running game, get some real talent around them to win it all. But he always kept his team competitive. Uh, if he played in this era with Manning and Brady and so on and so forth, God only knows what those numbers would look like. Not to mention he's made cool cameos in Ace Ventura and Bad Boys too. Yeah, Dan Marino is an all-timer for me, a true childhood legend, another guy that I truly grew up not only idolizing, but kind of feeling a connection to. Both my parents went to Pitt. My dad was at Pitt his freshman year when they won the national championship with Dan Marino and Tony Dorsett. Not to mention, I always felt my dad and now me look like kind of Dan Marino. In fact, I've been told I look like a young Dan Marino, right. Mark. And when Gargano was in here, he was telling you how good looking you were. He didn't tell Absol me I'm good looking. That's true. That's the true. Fuck? I know. Well, <laughs> I'll say this also that's funny. Speaking about looks. For an Italian, not only doesn't he look Italian, but it kind of reminds me of a Mike Marino. And I was just going to say, you deliver Snowflake, I'll, I'll deliver Marino. Marino. There you go. It's a perfect connection that Dan and Mike both look similar. In fact, maybe somewhere they connect. Now, number one. This guy's essentially the original Tom Brady. He's Tom Brady's idol, Joe Montana. Now, Joe went to the, an ultimate type of school for Italians, Notre Dame, Catholic, of course an Irish school, but a lot of Italians. And uh, he was a stud there, and he was a stud in the NFL. Clutch moments, big games, wasn't the most physically gifted guy whatsoever, like a Tom Brady, but somehow always got it done and was smart, savvy. And I saw something interesting. Uh, he was down in Miami a couple weeks ago at uh, Steve Martirano's restaurant in Fort Lauderdale. And Steve Martirano, he's a South Philly guy. And he said to Steve that he was looking for a, um, a very specific dish. And I, Benny, for the life of me, I can't think of what this dish was. But this was a hardcore dish, man. Something very unique and very old world. That I was, you know, we got to keep in mind Montana's, you know, getting up there in age now. Uh, and whatnot, but man, he ordered an old world dish for Steve. I can't remember it for the life of me, uh, but it's definitely on Steve Martirano's Instagram page. Uh, so there's no uh, question about it. Joe Montana uh, is a proud Italian, that's for certain. But gang, once again, this was back-to-back -back jacks on the mark, getting you ready for opening day in this Philly sports run in general. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed Anthony. So get ready for first pitch. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride of the baseball season. And frankly, Benny, enjoy the ride that is life. And if On the Mark can fill some gaps for you in your day, tune in on iTunes or SoundCloud. We would love to have you. Love you guys. On the Mark.
Wants to take a ride on the cannoli mobile.